0: Hello, and welcome to MetaChemistry. This is episode 53. In tonight's episode, we will be talking about rules. Yes, we will be giving our eh, relatively hot takes on the recently released FAQ. But I also feel like it's an appropriate context to explore maybe the larger question of the role of rules and uh, the ruling on rules and the rules
1: on the rulings with the rules in place in general. (laughs) But before we get into that, let's just talk about how rules work in a larger gaming context. Of course, the world runs on rules. It can't function and as a society without them.
0: And like the real world, simulated rule worlds also run on rules. We need a good, thoughtful, articulate rule set in order for us to play the game that we enjoy. And it does the heart good to know that CB takes that seriously and puts out these frequently asked question rulings from time to time. In fact, it strikes me they've been doing a lot better of late. So, we always want to have a gaming company that created and designed the game that we play and love to have a vested interest in how the game then plays and having clear, concise rules for us that provide direction on how we are to play. Essentially, rules of play tell us where we play and how we play. But I think it might be worthwhile to also just ask the question why do we like rules so much? And one of my hypotheses is that we like rules because often they relieve us of taking personal responsibility, in this case, personal responsibility for the game that we're playing and the community we're a part of. When we have rules and when we can turn and point to them, for us, it alleviates us uh, the pressure there's, and there's various sources of where that pressure can come from, our desire to conform, our desire to know that we are doing the right thing in the right way, that our desire to be right. But also, there is also this, this pressure of having to make a judgment and making a judgment call. And, and we like rules because they alleviate us of the pressure, the tension of that judgment falling on our shoulders. Whenever we have a situation come up, let's take it just in the terms of of gameplay. If you do something that seems to push the envelope a little bit or creates potential bad experience for your opponent, it's easier to say, well, wash your hands of it and say, well, it's not my fault. That's just how the rules were designed. I'm playing it according to
1: the way that the rules have dictated. So I just think it might be worth reflecting on that in the end, there
0: is a symbiotic nature between the designer of the game and the players of the game. And of course, of course, of course, we want well thought out, articulate and concise rules coming from the designers of the game. But at the same time, we have to embrace and understand the reality that our rules are only as good as the community that believes them and plays by them. But before we get into all of that, we want to take a moment to thank Mythic Games for sponsoring the podcast. Mo Games is an online supplier of all things Infinity. As part of its sponsorship of Metachemistry, Mo will be providing a discount code to its store available to all our patrons. As well as a $40 gift card that will be raffled off to our community once a month. Make sure to like our Facebook page and join our Discord to ensure you are entered to win. What's better than games? Mo games. So let's check in with our lineup for our episode tonight. We have the whole cast on board tonight. Our lineup consists of Devin, Azoka, and Ian, as well as myself. Let's start with Devin. Devin, how are your holidays? What's going on? They've been good.
2: Um, Nothing particularly outstanding one way or another in terms of of holidays here. Um, On an infinity note, we've been uh, on the Escalation League, uh, which is going on to the next round, and I think so far it's been going really well. Um, People seem to be having fun. We're having a good turnout, and it's really kind of doing my, my main hope for it, which was to grow the main community in this, uh, in this area. Cause, uh, for those of you who don't know, I live a little bit further North than most of the other guys here. And so we kind of have like sub metas that do meet, uh, but not necessarily on a super regular basis. And so after COVID lockdowns and the like, uh, you know, the local scene had been pretty, pretty minimal. And this has done a a really good job of building momentum and getting new players into the game. And I think it's pretty great. It's uh, actually got more, more registrants than some of the, some of the
0: tournaments that we have here. Yeah. uh, Which is really cool. I think that's not only cool, but it just shows the potential. I know that prior to COVID up North had oftentimes game nights on Thursday that were pushing close to 20 sometimes, I always remember thinking about that, like the, the much broader community base in North Denver than uh, Hexmill, where a lot of us play on Tuesday nights. So it's cool to see. It was both sad to see that go by the wayside for a while, but cool to see someone kind of take on the mantle of leadership and spearheading something, make making it happen, organizing. So good job, Devin.
2: Well, thanks. It's It's been really great and I've been really happy to see the effort bear some fruit which is always nice.
0: Yeah good as well as Devin we have Azoka on the podcast. Azoka what's your
3: gaming uh, life been like these days? I hope you had good holidays. I did we break the mold and we made salmon for uh, Thanksgiving.
1: Are you one of those non-Turkey folks? Um more like
3: intimidated about cooking it (laughs) <laughs> so we went with a little so a little easier and actually kind of delicious I'm not too big of a fan of turkey myself but you know I'll have it um, but for for infinity uh, did, did Arizona Armageddon earlier this month got back from that and that was, uh, that was exciting.
0: Could you give us a short recap of your experience and how it went?
3: Yeah short recap is every time I go to one of these four corners events it's always just the best time like no matter what's going on in life or what's going on at the table, it's always the best time. And everybody there is just so welcoming and just really good people to play with. We, uh, we had and
0: you also build the friendships over time if you go uh, enough of these like yeah. the
3: same folks. So it's super awesome seeing people like that. You know, my memory is poop soup, but it was really cool going over to these tournaments and seeing someone be like, "Hey." How you doing? And I'm like, uh, I'm great. And you know, like after a minute, it jogs the memory of like, oh yeah, we played a game like a year and a half ago, and it was yeah. <laughs> it was great. You know, just completely kind of takes me to reality of seeing how good this community is. Yeah. Um, as for what I played, I played Vanilla Pano, and it did not go very well. It went very poorly. Um, three of us Colorado members. Uh, went down to Arizona Army, and we took uh, out of 35 players I think it was we took 27th 30th and 32nd oh <laughs> it was great <laughs> oh, oh that man. kind of
0: pains my side a little bit a little pain in my side
3: oh yeah oh yeah well we'll just have to go you know Salt Lake Showdown
0: that's right well, uh, I hope to dig into a little bit of that and what you learned from that experience a little bit more in future episodes, but uh, thanks for the update. And then Ian, you're our final uh, check-in. How you doing over there? Uh, everyone can't see this, but Ian normally sports some facial hair. Today, he's looking very baby-faced.
4: Yeah, it was getting annoying, and nothing that I was doing to it was making it better, so it just went away. And it'll be back. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. So, been doing the league stuff with Devin and testing out the new uh, foreign company faction that all you voted on. So, it's been fun. I've gotten a couple games in with them so far, and I'm really actually enjoying the uh, the options and the synergies that I'm finding. Uh, to the point that even in my first game against Azoka, i threw again like together this kind of garbage list that i just thought would be fun to play and i didn't even play it well and while i did not do the mission well and i did get tabled the fact that uh he had what like was 33 points left on the board it was absurd dude it was, it was so the insane. amount like i said i didn't even play it well but the amount of just killing i was able to accomplish was absurd and it was a lot of fun and then uh nothing least, excites you as much as carnage oh absolutely and then the the second kind of game is starting off in the uh the league and uh yeah yeah um uh, i i got some strong side eye from Devin about my <laughs> list because uh i managed to squeeze like 13 oh. orders in 150 points and it's dirty Yeah, and so I didn't even go first. My opponent went first, and he took off half my list, and then I went and wiped him completely off the map because I still had so many orders left. And uh, I'm just saying, you guys gave me bolt spitfires. This is your fault.
0: See, I'm telling you, he's washing his hands of personal responsibility. The
4: rules said he can do it. No, the community said that I could do it. <laughs> they gave me Bolt Spitfires. They Man. chose the faction. This is their fault.
2: It's okay. Whatever happens to Trevor is just fine.
4: Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was fun. uh for my first time I've ever used Uberfall Commando, and uh, he ran a Knight oh, of right. Justice up to uh, take out a bunch of my stuff and uh, didn't have enough to pull it back, and the Uberfall Commando rolled in and hit him with the three double action hits so uh he did not this survive six him? saves yes this
0: is the, you know he deserves it today <laughs> he sent me, today he sent me a, a meme that was generated on facebook about metachemistry being like the kardashians i found i, I was that. like what are you doing are, he that guy loves to stir shit with me he loves it so uh yeah i don't feel bad for him at <laughs> all with this yeah Anyways, I don't even want to get into what that means about us being likened to the Kardashians. That's a, a whole other topic. It means we're beautiful, right? Oh, okay, right. It uh, yeah. It N- has nothing to yeah. do <laughs> with us being pretentious
4: or superficial.
1: Shallow, <laughs> not right at
4: all. <laughs> I don't see any parallels. <laughs> Self-important. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so well cool. I, 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 I think
1: like you can
0: keep going and going. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Well, I don't have too much to update you guys on with my Infinity stuff. I haven't been able to make it out to Game Night for the last couple few weeks. But I'm looking forward to it. Um but I'm kind of in a lull right now. Not 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 a bad lull or bad funk, but um just all, the life uh, lull. Yeah, just life. Like a lot of other things going on. I'm really, I get kind of focused on wanting to do well, and I've been doing, getting pretty focused on lifting lately. So that's been going good, at least. I'm getting stronger again. That's nice.
2: So what I'm hearing is that you're against plastic models.
1: He said they're too light. They're too light. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I really
0: noticed the difference. <laughs> Try and pick it up, and you throw it across the room instead. That's right.
3: Don't even know your own strength.
0: <laughs> exactly. All right, guys, let's get this back on track. So let's talk a little bit about an F, a recent FAQ that came out. Listen, I know that there has already been a number of people have put out reviews. And their th- their quick takes on the FAQ. We're never going to be the most timely because we record in advance and it comes out later. Generally, uh, we like to sit with something a little bit um, and allow it to show itself on the the gaming table before we um, have too strong of a take. But it is um, it is a relevant topic um and conversation happening in our community it's happening on discord and um just what what's going on with um these updates and so i thought we'd start there what do you guys think about what you see Corvus Belly is doing with these? It's always, I don't know about you, but it's always a little bit thrilling to get a new FAQ. Cause I, I think you kind of just go, okay, how's the game going to change or how's this going to affect things or what are the new, like, there's a bit of a thrill to that. Would you guys agree? Absolutely. Yeah.
2: It's, you know, yep. the micro form of a new edition, right? It's some, some FAQs are bigger than others, of course, but it's, you know, like just a
0: little bit of that feeling
2: of a new addition, just a tiny moat.
0: I think we all like that the process of discovery, of learning something new, learning new iteration, a new approach. Um, I think we would be in the in the camp that generally is is pretty positive towards what Corvus Belly does, but even then I think we've expressed, we'd like to see a little bit more clarity um, from time to time, or certainly some novelty, especially we've talked a lot about like, in terms of design, maybe not rules, but um, missions, we'd love to see more missions and see chorus belly be a little bit more active in that regard. So yeah, what were your first takes on this latest iteration of the FAQ? Did it rise to your hopes, or did it
1: let you down? Azoka?
3: I first saw the motorcycle change, and I was like, sick! We gotta go back to fun! (laughs) Yeah, so all the dreams were met. All the dreams. That's it. That's all I wanted. I didn't want... Season 13 lives. Season 13 lives. Not only in my heart
4: anymore. Yeah. How about you, Ian? What did you think? Very positive. Uh, The... Things that were addressed and they were changed are uniformly of a positive nature and will improve playability of certain models and skills and that we'll go into, as well as uh, clarifying certain things as far as like order of operations and different things like that. And I just think that overall, uh, you know, this is one of the better FAQs that they've come out with, and uh, the addition of um, uncertain changes of a kind of a designer's note to share with us the thought process behind the intent of the change and how it should be applied because sometimes that gets kind of left up in the air and, and people are trying to figure out like what, still, what does it say? And I think that that design note in, you know, not just this system, but in any system really helps. The, to guide the mindset of the players reading the rules towards the intent of the developer.
0: Yes, that was the thing that probably stuck out the most to me. And what that did for me is it telegraphed two things. The first is maybe a greater degree of
1: ownership on the design team for the FAQ. It, where it felt
0: to me like maybe in the past if they got to it because they were too busy or whatever they might update some things and you would feel ah does this feel this feels sometimes a little slipshod or incomplete or they didn't think this through the just the the addition of like that designer note tells me there's like a a greater degree of engagement and not just shuffling around of some words or new new colored letters it's no, here's how we're thinking about the game. And we're, and we're telegraphing that to you, uh, what our intention is. So it's not leaving it up to uh, the community to read into the intention of the rules. I love, I really love that. And that was new. Yeah. And then I think that the second thing that that stood out to me is that just that intent part, it's like, uh, there's always a text, but then there's also then the interpretation of a text, like you can do some exegesis of what the text says and then you ask the question okay the what but what does that mean and ascribing meaning it really helps to understand the meaning of language and the meaning of words when you have the the owner the the speaker the writer there to say this is what i mean by this you know and so Listen, we get into... Sometimes we're reading these rules with such a high level of minutia. It certainly does help to have the author of the text say, here's what I meant. You know?
1: So that's a a good head nod Does? I think. How about you, Devin? Generally speaking, uh,
2: I think that the vast majority of the FAQ uh, makes positive changes and clarifications. I'm glad that there were clarifications even if they were on things that I didn't necessarily feel like were unclear but it never hurts to be more clear and to make sure you know the more clear things are the more people are likely to be playing the same game So that's all good and you also never
0: know like how many metas they're hearing from there there could be like other metas out there that are like doing something completely different than how we play locally well, in yeah. addition, you
4: have the the language factor of a company oh, yeah. from Spain mm-hmm. is then translating their rules into English. And then from there, you know, it's oftentimes up to an individual area to have somebody to translate that into whatever the local language is, because generally these rules and FAQs are only published in Spanish and English. So there's already a bit of a language barrier in a wide ranging international scene. Yeah, and it is certainly relevant. It's also so hard to get
3: across intent when there's a language barrier, too, because, like, they could write something and then it could get translated well, but not perfectly.
4: And then their intent couldn't get processed through there. So it happens. Well, I mean, there's sure. been instances in the past where there was a rule in Spanish and a rule in English that didn't operate the exact same way because of a minute difference in the understanding of certain words between the languages. Wow. And yeah. then they've been changed and adapted it when that's come to light to, the, to bring those both in line.
2: But yeah, I, I think that many of the changes facilitate, in my mind more fun for the game uh, which you know we'll kind of go over some of uh, some of what those are Um, but yeah generally speaking i looked at the faq and i got fairly excited about it like it was actually some cool changes that seem like they'll just make the game a little bit more fun or a little bit more interesting alongside the the clarifications the like inevitably you know like had been mentioned sometimes there'll be holes where like oh okay so you said it this does this now or clarified this or this change to whatever ruling. But how does that interact with this situation? And so, you know, there's always the FAQ to the FAQ,
0: I guess that comes down the road. Of course. Well, let's dig into it then. So let's just highlight a few. We're not going to be exhaustive in this, but maybe the most striking or prominent or impactful of the new clarifications we've gotten Let's start with movement. Ian, you want to tackle this one?
4: Yeah, so uh, they've done a change with how uh, jump and climbing movement is measured. And overall, this is a very positive change. It makes models uh, with super jump in particular more useful because in from N3 to N4, Super Jump in particular changed from, you know, because you, they, re, they removed the fall mechanic. So now you have to have, you know, the distance, you have to be able to go up and then down the distance, of, in, you know, within your movement value to use Super Jump. Uh, versus before in N3, you could jump, you know, a dog worker jump six inches straight up, spray the top of a building with his chain rifles and come down and be fine. And now he can jump three inches straight up and, you know, not quite get there to do the same thing. But this has devalued the utility of super jump in the game, especially on uh 4 4 movement models. Uh, 6 2 6 4 movement models still are decent because they have enough to kind of get up on top of buildings and and go for things. Uh, but in order to kind of counteract that drop in people taking them that lesser utility. Uh and this also applies to to climb movement as well. Um which climbing plus is a separate a separate thing. This is and it will apply there, but mostly just normal climb in that now you're allowed to measure from anywhere like you know on your silhouette when you're doing this climb or jump to get on top of buildings. So you can you know, essentially add the height of your silhouette to your movement. And so then can if move, there's... You
0: can move, so just so I'm understanding, you can <laughs> mo- you can begin the movement, the the measurement of the movement from any point on the silhouette. So yes. not at the base like it used to be. Yeah, so you could move, go
4: from the top, you know, and get an extra inch and a half, you know, two, two and a half inches, depending on the height of your silhouette to your movement. The way I kind of envision this is, you know, especially with like the climb or the the jump it's you know you kind of the guy does the hand plant and you know does the the flip over the top yeah parkour um, a yeah, little bit and it, it's very cinematic which is keeping with the rule theme of the rules of this game now the second part of this is that uh many buildings many uh have like some level of uh short wall or parapet that uh you can now ignore for the purpose of movement. You're basically allowed to do to combine your climb or jump with a vault as long as that wall is lower than what your silhouette value is. Um, which now allows for models to have more mobility getting on top of terrain and moving about, as opposed to you know, sometimes not even be able to get on top of a building because there's this half-inch wall That, you know, they wouldn't be able to get up over the top and then down the other side under the previous ruling. This just increases the mobility of models, increases the value of having those skills, those those super jump and climbing plus in particular. But of course, any model can do jump and climb. So it's very, very positive in terms of that and allowing more mobility on the table, which. That's one of the kind of the hallmarks of Infinity is the mobility of models. You know, finding those odd angles of attack to overcome your opponent's defenses.
0: Yeah, that's exactly why I love this change, personally, is that anything that generates more movement, I think, is a generally a, a plus. So What do you guys think, Devin, uh, Azoka? Yeah, I think that overall,
2: it's definitely... This was one of the changes I saw. Like, that looks fun. I'm excited to see super jump get more value Uh, climb being a little bit easier to use vaulting Uh, parapets that's awesome right very cool yeah it's it's evocative it's easier to use it is more valuable to use Uh, so the overall I feel like it's a big win uh, just rules wise and this is one of those that had a developer note um, where basically they walk through hey the intent of this is to uh, boost the value of Uh, maneuvering skills which is great Uh, now there are some concerns uh, with uh, taller models being able to take advantage of this more i.e. tags primarily not just tags but uh, they're one of the biggest offenders that it makes it easier for them to traverse buildings and that may have a disproportionate impact on how uh, how easy they are to play which I think is a valid criticism. I think that that could be the case. I don't know if it's going to be a significant change, but I could see that possibility. Anyway. Uh, I think in a lot of games, it's going to solve or it's going to take maybe one extra order than it w- or take one fewer order than it would have otherwise to accomplish something. Which doesn't sound very significant, but maybe
1: it'll be more than I think. What do you think, Azoka? Oh, do you what do you think of the tag uh, issue?
3: Well, they were going to do it anyways. I mean, in my in- experiences of with someone who can play with a tag that can vault properly, the tag's just everywhere. Yeah, Wh- who
0: of us have not had a tag spring up on top of a building and just
3: push, push you in? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like uh one of our local players nick he does it, does it to with me his avatar, all, the all the time and i think i think it's great because i'm like that in my opinion is how this this thematic model should be maneuvering throughout this you know like cityscape that's why it's not a cool. tank yeah that's why it's not a tank it's like um, a person who can do cool shit like that yeah exactly a- <laughs> yeah exactly I'm a bit of a problem child because I think I've always been playing that you can vault parapets
4: climbing plus and super jump. Um, but I'm glad that it's now a clarification. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I'm also going to say that like the amount of tags that have climbing plus or super jump is pretty limited. So like, are they a little more mobile? Sure this allows the rest of the tags kind of a chance to compete in this area. But if they don't have climbing plus and super jump, it's still a full order climber or jump to get up there. They're just get, getting up there a little faster.
0: Yeah. Here's, another, maybe it, here's a, another thing that I'd like to offer is again, it all depends right on the tables you're playing on and, and whatnot, but the size of those uh, bases of tags it that is going to be a, a challenge in and of itself maneuvering that around you, you're still going to have to land or f- fit your base wherever you're trying to get to like you have to have enough space to put that base down so i like i think that that might be something that people aren't maybe factoring in who are nervous about. listen they might be right like i'm not that nervous about this one but yeah I just love I think, tags.
4: I think more people should play with them. And if anything that makes that easier, I'm all for. We're all for yeah. it, yeah. Maybe we're going to see
3: something like uh, maybe more people laying missile bots on the roof or something like that. Just a casual missile bot only looking at the high points. And, you know, alternatively, talking about, you know, the models with Super Jump, how many people play a Seraph?
1: I don't... I don't, I don't a, it's a cool tag and a, nobody plays it.
3: Yeah, and if this tips the scale of it being like playable now, I'm about like that's cool,
4: great. Well, and especially since they already altered the oxbot to also have super jump because that was a big complaint prior is that the oxbot couldn't keep up with it if it super jumped. one I just it's where it needs to be, and it's awesome because it's a great tag, and I want to see it played
1: more. Same. Cool. Well, uh. We, I'm sure that there's going to be more that we can tease
0: out regarding movement, but uh, my instinct early on is this was a, a good change. Let's get into another complicated one hacking area. Devin, you want to tackle the complicated one? Yeah, so it's
2: a fair amount of text. Uh, it takes up, you know, probably half a page or a little more for the changes, but effectively, uh, if you are a hacker, and you are in range of an enemy repeater, instead of having uh, all of the enemy hackers in your hacking area, it, you have your opponent's entire force in your hacking area. So between that and the change to hacking area arrows, uh, basically this is a lot of text to kind of... Um, solve the hollow mask issue. So you don't immediately, because what you could do is you could move inside an enemy repeater's area and like, cool, what else in my hacking area? And you could have someone point to a model that doesn't appear to be a hacker, but is hollow masked as a non hacker, like, yeah, this is in your hacking area too. Uh, And like, Oh, cool. Well, now I know that that's a jungle killer hacker or what have you. Uh, So this kind of removes some of that. I, which I understand the purpose of, uh, but it's one of those rules that like kind of feels wonky because now you can be declaring AROs against every enemy model, uh, even if they're not valid, so that you can kind of get an opportunity to ARO if one of them actually is a hacker, which this only really interacts with all And um, And then it, you know, oh, well, now I came out and now I'm something that's hackable or am a hacker or what have you. So this one I wasn't particularly happy with, to be honest. It feels like a clunky way to deal with it. Not a. I was going to say not a bad way, but it might be a little bad.
1: <laughs> Let's say inelegant.
2: Perhaps. Perhaps so.
0: But in terms of yeah, how it's going to actually
1: impact games, what if you put on your Nostradamus wizard hat? Predict the future. I think that the vast majority of games will not change. Yep. I think but, that it
2: will have a lot more of, you know, I'm going to declare oblivion or trinity against every model that you ever move. If people want to do that, and then, and like, then people aha, will get tired. It finally of doing came that. out,
0: and then they'll yeah. get tired of doing that because it's dumb.
2: Yeah, it uh, doesn't really feel great. Uh, it feels like kind of a band aid fix. So I hope that this gets changed down the road. I don't have any immediate suggestions off the top of my head, but I think that it's something that we'll probably have better ways of dealing with this. The other so, thing is that kind of oh, go ahead.
3: So, so I want to take this back to an FAQ, a couple of FAQs previously or prior. Um, do you guys remember when they when we made the change where you can measure your eight inch zona control for arrows at the end of movement, and yep. everybody was concerned that you would be measuring your eight inch like zona control every order, yeah. <laughs> and how nobody has done that.
4: I think they're we're only, probably running into doing a similar it issue when here. It might matter. It's, it's not like, at oh. every point. It's only when it might matter. Yeah, it's yeah. like
2: oh, you might be close enough, so let's check and. That's about what it boils down to. Uh, so I, I think that that'll be similar because uh, one of the things that's relevant with this, just as a point of clarification, is that they're all they all give you arrows, but they're not necessarily in your hacking area. So a lot of these will end up falling off and doing nothing. So if you have a non-hackable trooper on the enemy side and you have a hacker in one of their repeater areas, it doesn't mean that you can now you know spotlight any model they have on the table. Uh, it just gives you, it provokes an ARO anytime any of their models activate in the instance that, so that you can prepare for a model that did not appear hackable, but is revealed to be hackable later. Uh, so that's basically what that does for you. So
3: if I'm getting um, this correct, uh, if, let's, let's just say, for an example, my opponent is moving a, I don't know, a model through my repeater that I have midfield and then I have a killer hacker in my pr- my profile, or in my army. If that model that he is moving is not a hackable, like a hacker, I could declare Trinity against that model. That is that kind of what, what um, is hap- what's happening?
2: Yes, but that example would have worked pre-FAQ. This only affects you in range of enemy repeaters. So it says that if you are in range of an enemy repeater your opponent's entire force is considered in your hacking area for the purpose of provoking AROs. But if they're not a hacker, then your arrow is going to idle because you can't actually do it because they're not in your hacking area. They just the- are effectively giving you a chance to do something in case they could be a valid target. Gotcha.
0: I'd like to just it's offer, messy. like, this. Um, this might be too simplistic, but I feel like this rule applies when hollow mask or hollow projector is on the, t- on the table. And and that's what they're, that it seems like they're intending. Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay. So like if
0: that's not on the board or if that's not in play, I don't think we worry about it.
3: How many well, factions have hollow mask hackers? A few.
0: Yeah. It's not a ton, but
2: a handful, but also Part of the problem is you're not going to know if your opponent inherently has hollow on the field or not because it's private information. Like it's intended to be obfuscating. But yeah, so this does introduce one other kind of complication where if something is acting in your hacking area and you don't otherwise have an ARO to it, then you must declare a hacking program or reset. So there is an, an edge case where if an enemy is provoking an arrow by activating and they are outside of your zone of control and line of fire and shoot you with a direct template weapon, say a heavy rocket launcher or similar, normally you'd be able to dodge because a template's being placed on you. You could attempt to dodge at a minus three because you don't have line of fire. With the current ruling, a hacker specifically would have to declare a reset or hacking arrow and just eat the template. Like as long as the... If the activating enemy hits, I don't foresee that coming up often. But I also don't think many of us will bother trying to play it that way because it doesn't seem intended to take away ARO options just because well, you're a hacker.
4: Specifically, the FAQ uses the word "can," not the word "must," in regards to the hacking arrows.
2: Yeah, so there's there's been some discussion around that as well.
1: Yeah, I'm like.
0: Uh, I'm sure this is one of those things where I'm sure like the leaders of different communities will get together and talk and say, how do we want to play this? But it seems pretty clear that they've telegraphed what they want this rule to be about is to leave you not vulnerable to um, hollow projector, hollow mask. Like.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Specifically hollow mask and being able to hide your hackable state. So yeah. and so that doesn't come back and bite you without any because you'd have to declare some sort of ARO, but then you'd lose it or you know you wouldn't be declaring at all because you know it wasn't hackable and you had no way of knowing at the time and all that jazz.
0: But yeah. Okay. Well, I I feel like let's keep the the train moving and let's talk about a couple of different other ones. Uh Azoka, let's double up. Can you talk about enhanced reaction and
1: motorcycles?
3: Yeah, so Enhanced reaction. There was a very. There was. The way that the rule was understood before is that you use the skill enhanced reaction from your evil hacker and apply it to a uh, remote that can be inside of a fire team. And it would n- set their burst to two. So it would not uh, work uh, additively with the fire team bonus. So you would just be at 2 for arrow and that's it. So they they wouldn't stack basically. But now they've clarified it where that does stack and now you can have things like your Dakinis with a burst 3 multi sniper and arrow or, you know, a missile launcher bot in, you know, the other Aleph faction, let's see, there, there's Aleph, a Aleph, Aleph, oh yeah, Onyx has uh their Unidrons that you can have, you know, missile launchers and snipers with Um you got some Shisfasty, M-Drone nonsense, which I think is funny because M-Drones have marksmanship now, so you can slap that uh burst bonus on them and roll a total reaction bot in a link team up the field, that's cool Um so <laughs> I, I don't know, I, I hope to see this because it's it, it, like, let's think about it at, in, in a game sense. If you are playing this, if like, let's say I'm playing OSS, right? And I'm going to set my Dakini up there and he's just going to be a complete beast and run the table, you know, with burst three and um, uh, multi-sniper rifle and mimetism. And, you know, a BS of, you know, uh, 14. Really high, really good. But if I'm not going first, you can just target my Evo... You know, Evobot kill it or kill my multi sniper rifle, and then it's just completely irrelevant. I've had so many times where, like, oh, I want to put marksmanship on my Unidron and then I want to shoot, you know, something and you or like put them up for ARO, but it gets picked off before I could ever do that because I didn't go first. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, uh, I think that I would like to see it like in play, but I don't know if it's going to have a huge effect.
0: I don't think it's going to be a dominant style of play. I think it'll be much more, um, circumstantial. Uh, if you come prepared for it and have eyes for it, I think in the late game, something like that could be really dominant, but I think early, early game, you have just all the same challenges and, and solutions, um, available to you to work around that kind of, um, roadblock so um anyone who's building a a strategy around this i think that's the wrong way to go i think it's better to have it as a a tool in the toolbox late game that helps you control you can't tell me what to do I
4: mean, <laughs> Genie I was, double evo Apsara, whole package i do i do miss Using a command token pregame to start with a support wear program active. That was pretty. That's cool. an N
0: three reference, everybody. They that used was, to be that there. Cool. I, I
4: didn't even. I didn't even. Oh, know. Yeah. Yeah, sounds yeah, that awesome. was a thing in N three. You could use a command token to start with a support wear program active. Do we know why an they Evo got rid of
2: it? Because they pulled There's most of the
4: Evo gadget. Too many rules. There aren't any. Uh,
2: okay. Too many That's... rules. They were trying to strip uh, down the okay. rules. But I do like this change because it makes enhanced reaction something to consider, whereas I don't think I've ever seen someone use enhanced reaction. I
0: agree, agree. Devin. That's a great point. You never brought that out. Now people will bring it out. I don't think you should build a strategy around it, but I think you should
3: use it as a tactic for sure. I'm going to – you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the seraph. I'm gonna take a, the EvoBot, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna give that flamethrower enhanced reaction, and I'm gonna move him up up you know really then high you take on a on motorcycle. Delay. So and get motorcycle. to motorcycles, dude. So we're gonna bring <laughs> we're gonna bring uh, well the night of Montesa does, actually he does. Okay, so motorcycles uh, like uh, ITS thirteen can now choose to take impetuous um, or to not be impetuous at the start of the game. So uh, pretty cut and dry. We all know exactly how that plays. We've played it before and it has um, uh, in my opinion a very healthy impact on how motorcycles have played. A nice yeah. little mm-hmm. a nice little patch there, right? Agreed. Um, there, there has been some concern regarding like you should be able to uh, choose this beforehand in your list building process versus at the table. And I don't necessarily know how I feel about that because I like being able to make that choice, especially with models like uh, the authorized bounty hunter, uh, or the motorized bounty hunter, sorry, uh, you, because you get that booty roll, you could see, oh, it does, did my uh, bounty hunter pick up armor 4? Sweet, I'm gonna take cover, because armor 7 sounds awesome, and, you know, mimetism and all that jazz, versus, you know, having, having to have made that decision beforehand. Um, so, but with it as it is, you have to make that uh, at the time. I think, um, I think we're going to be seeing it quite a bit more because when, I, when we were playing in ITS uh, 13, maybe you guys can reflect this as, as, uh, as I see it, but the, I thought that that free bounty hunter that you got was ridiculously good. Did you guys yep. have similar experiences?
1: Yes. I, I thought it was, was good. In- I, I, was, I was struggling
0: through um, Corregidor at the time, so it didn't seem to help me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel like it was
1: like,
0: ridiculous for me, but it was definitely you know useful. Especially, but I'm running. But I'm, free. I am running two um, motorized bounty hunters in my root list. So
3: nobody yeah, wants to talk to you. Awesome. Why are you even here? I do. I'm running <laughs> them too. I'm running them also, but with Joan. Yeah. So you know what you guys hate. Yeah, I'm doing you guys have that. learned nothing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've learned
3: plenty. Look, I I lived it. Okay, it was awful. It did not work. But, uh, so, uh, one of, uh, so Arizona Armageddon, um, somebody, uh, Tim specifically mentioned uh, or said something that was interesting to me. He's like, cause I- I'm hot on the motorized bounty hunter and I was taking them and he was like, oh, you know, they're, they're, they're fine. Like nobody took them before. They're not going to take them now. And then, um, and like going to it, like thinking about it, I'm like, well, it didn't do that great. And like maybe, maybe having cover would make that big of a difference. Maybe, maybe now they'll take it. So I'd be curious. It's it, this impact in the greater, greater scheme of infinity.
0: Well,
2: yeah, I think I see myself really, using bikes more often.
0: Yeah, they're, they're really good. I definitely use them a lot right now and they do really well for me.
4: <laughs>
0: um, okay. I've always used bikes. Yeah, we know. Ariadna, no. whatever.
3: Hipster.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, 14.
3: Uh, That's cool.
0: A couple more rules that we need to crank out here. Skill declarations. Anyone want to take this? Yeah. So this was a pretty cool one. Like, I've been on record
2: of kind of hoping that infinity moves from uh, reversible declarations to just moves and skill or entire order and the like. Uh, But this was a pretty good compromise. Uh, So basically, now when you declare a skill, you it has to be valid from either where you are or somewhere you've been during that order. So you can't do the, you know, arrow baiting around a corner of a building, like, oh, uh, I'm here with my oxbot flamethrower peripheral, and there's an enemy around the corner. I'm gonna declare shoot while I can't see you. What are your arrows? And so they kind of fixed that before, where it was like, okay, well, now you can speculatively or, you know, preemptively declare like, oh, well, if you come around, I will shoot the auxilia, the controller or something. And then what the active player would do is just move the auxbot around and BS attack flamethrower you and you would die, probably.
1: Um, or
2: <laughs> vice versa, if you pick the other. Uh, so what this does is now you you can't declare BS attack unless you're in a position or have been in a position during the order where you could actually see the enemy that you're trying to shoot at. Uh, And true of other skills, too. This doesn't just apply to BS attack. But basically, you need to have met the requirements sometime up to the point when you declare it instead of any time during that order before or after. It's only if you've met it before declaring, Uh, which I think is a great change. And this is another designer's note where the idea was, hey, we want to limit some of these complications, but we don't want to to stringently apply the order sequence in terms of how you declare. So that way you could declare shoot as long as you could see them at the start of your order and then move afterward uh, and things like that. So that opportunity is still there. So I think it's a good compromise, but I was really happy to see this because it just feels really awkward and kind of gamey uh, to have like, oh, well, I'm going to declare this and then I'll go around the corner and do it to try and cheat you out of an arrow or what have you. Uh, just not something that I ever liked to use and don't really enjoy seeing, not that I'm right necessarily, just that I don't like it,
0: so now the rules agree with me, so take that <laughs>
2: yeah, <they're gone.
0: laughs> no i I agree, I don't know about you guys, but i'm I'm into it. it feels yeah. cleaner
3: it feels like all of those role interactions where once when, when your opponent tells you, Yeah, I can do this because x, y, and z, and your response is grown, you're right, but Really it feels like they're mm. trying to get rid of those interactions. Yes.
2: Exactly. Like the shooting through smoke, but I move a peripheral or another fire team member out, so you have to arrow to that and but I'll shoot you because I have MSV with the Hisan and stuff like that. Like those sorts of things have, have kind of gone away, which I think is great.
0: Okay. And uh and then
4: we also have order of operations on states. Ian, you want this one? Yeah, so this one's pretty interesting. Uh there's been some question in the past because uh states are always applied in resolution uh but there's been question if you know the to the order of operation of how those estates are applied in what order when there's both a positive and negative state being applied at the same time uh like for instance um the the specific example it uses is like if an engineer is canceling a trooper's immobilized state at the same time that they're getting hit with, like, a riot stopper ARO. Uh, another example would be, like, a doctor trying to heal somebody and then taking a, a rocket launcher hit arrow at the same time that splashes both of them. Uh, so because now there's, you know, depending on the roles, you could be healing or removing a state at the same time as taking a wound or having that state, you know, reintroduced. They've specified now that there is an order, and you always apply the positive effect first, then you apply the negative effect. So, in the case of, like, a state, you know, the engineer fixes the state, but then the state might go back into effect if the trooper has then failed whatever requisite save to prevent the new state from being applied. Uh, You know, if the doctor heals the guy, he gets his wound back, and then the rocket launcher, he fails to save and he takes the wound again. He stays, on, basically just stays unconscious at that point. And it's important because, you know, a lot of times it was a question of like, well, if he gets hit and he fails this and he he's immobilized already and he's now immobilized again, it's basically the same thing. And then the engineer would just clear everything. And there's, you know, no, no measurable effect from the the arrow then at that point. So this clarifies that it gives kind of equal weight and precedence to uh the the active and the reactive dice rolls here in a way that i think makes sense and it allows both of them to actually have an effect based on you know if you hit if you save you know just different different things like that it makes everything kind of fall into line how it kind of feels naturally as opposed to one over, you know, writing the other and making it have, in effect, no chance of having an effect.
0: Yeah. Yep. Again, it just kind of cleans it up a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically what I mean by it. what I like that I'm seeing with Corvus Belly is they're telegraphing. Here's how we want you guys to play the game. This is our preferred way. Like, Like this is like none of these weird gotcha moments or none of these weird like n- n- zero effect things. Like we want to give you agency so that you can do things and you can play and, and kind of janky circumstantial stuff doesn't decide stuff. It's you playing the game that decides it, or at least that's my interpretation of what I'm seeing here. So, which kind of like then leads to to this larger question and, you know, we don't have to, kick around this too much, but my introduction, what I was saying is really in the end for me, yeah, of course we want a a clean rule set. We want it uh, refined. We want it articulate. We want it updated. Uh, That's the beauty of these living um, rules that these living games right now that are happening. Corvus Belly has embraced that. They're able to update their rule set in, in real time. I love that. So yeah, of course we want um, that to be as thoughtful and concise as possible. Um, but I don't know what you guys think about m- like my my take that in the end, um, rules are as useful as the community that believes them and plays by them. Like th- th- if the community doesn't embrace the rule set. As- then and play it a certain way it doesn't it doesn't matter
3: no so i this is one of the big differences that i've seen in the meta of a tts environment versus a meta of our local or like in-person gaming where at so like like i admitted you know that i've kind of been vaulting parapets you know with my models kind of for the whole for the whole uh instance of my gaming and i've i feel like i've seen my opponents do that too and it's never been brought up yeah, it's never been brought up because you know, it's just kind of like a thing that makes sense and you're honestly not going to take your measuring tape and then, you know, place it at a, you know, the angle against the building and try and make that sort of thing work because I mean like one, that's really difficult, two, that really slows down the the gameplay, and then three we, with those we just don't care. Um and whereas TTS enables you easier access to those Uh, tools to help you find that information readily um so like our community was always on the same page of you know we play it like this and then you know another community for instance here like a tts community they will play it a little more a little more hard to the line there
0: yeah and and i think either way that that it's played that's fine, as long as everyone's on board with it. Yeah, totally. Um, like, I really am not really preoccupied or worried about getting into the semantics of it. I want, like, my community organizers and TOs and War Corps to come up with, hey, hey we know these are sticking points, but this is how we are thinking we play it. And together we go, okay, that's how we're going to play it. And then I'm cool. And And every regional tournament I go to, basically the TO stands up and says, Hey, this is how we are handling these
1: tricky subjects. Um, yeah. And that's, that's good enough for me. Um, I, I don't, um, I don't find a lot of, um, persuasive power in saying things like, well, on the forums it says this, or there's this in this debate about this, or like,
0: here's what we know. Yes, we want good fa- FAQs. We also know that the moment the FAQ comes out, immediately, clear. Like we all have uniformly said, to the four of us have at least said this was a good FAQ. And I guarantee you, immediately there are now new corner cases, new scenarios, new like we can't keep expecting corvus belly to be able to think through every little circumstantial uh corner case so then the community at some point has to own how it's going to play the game
1: mm-hmm. we
0: can't look to uh, corvus belly to solve it for um unilaterally for everybody so we decide how we're going to play together cuz it's a community game
1: i and that's that's,
3: that's kind of how i look at it i think that, that, like, you guys have to, you don't have to, you don't have to do anything. But respect your TOs. Love your TOs. Like, they are occupying so much of their mental real estate with all of this information and everything. that You know, like, mostly just on getting the events set up that they don't, you know, want to think about certain, certain things like this. So thank your TOs. They're, all, they're phenomenal.
0: Yeah. And I would also say take personal ownership on how you want to play the game with your competitors. Like, you've got to own it. You can't just um, put it on the rules. Even if.
2: Yeah. And I think an important part of that is that when you, because essentially,
0: you
2: know, what you're ascribing to is, is the implementation of house rules to some degree. And I think that. That's a really important part of complex games in general. I mean, obviously, we're talking about Infinity right now, but any sort of complex game, uh, there are times where things are just either not going to be covered, or it makes the game a worse experience in some ways, uh, or slows down play, or whatever other negative attribution there. And that sometimes, you know, we'll collaborate and say, hey, Does this actually work this way? Because that doesn't really make much sense. And there'll be a discussion around it. Say, yeah, that doesn't really work very well. Can we just agree to play it like X? And that's important. That buy-in step is very relevant. Because as long as everyone's agreeing on the same rules, we're playing the same game. And it may be slightly different. And that's a big part of how metas vary. Sure, part of it is faction representation or table density or what have you. But I think that there are a lot of these cases where whether it's just been kind of absorbed via osmosis in a community or it's been taught a certain way or, you know, there's just been some discourse on it, but there's going to be. Minor changes like we're all playing infinity, but I don't think you know every single player around the world is playing infinity the same way, and I don't inherently think that that's a problem. I think I that they even think the designers of
0: the game all play it the same way, like probably not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's but in the end, it's like here, you make an agreement, this is how we're going to play yeah. this game, and that's what makes this thing work. And the moment we get into like, I don't know, some of the conversations around these rules questions become a little unfruitful early on. I think they're helpful because they put something on people's radar screens and Hey, let's tease this out. But eventually it goes around and around the merry-go-round and
1: all right, everyone's has staked out their territory. Now, what are we going to do? Right. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of good
2: discussion to be had. Um, obviously we didn't go over every single change here and there are lots of good clarifications and, and probably some new corner cases opened up. Uh, and so if you have things you want to talk about, we have a, a new channel, relatively new channel, been open for a couple of episodes or so uh, as far as our episode discussion. So if there's something that uh, you saw, that like, well, why didn't you guys talk about this? Uh, the answer to that is time. Uh, otherwise, if there's stuff that uh, comes up and you just want to have some discussion on it, uh, like why was this clarified or was this really the way before? Or how do you think dealing with peripherals will be now that they can be disconnected via isolation or whatever the case may be? You know, we'd love to hear from you on that.
0: It's great. Thanks for helping land that plane there, Devin. So before we get to our final thoughts... We want to remind you everyone of Patreon. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron. And uh you can also find a link to our Patreon page in the show notes. And as well, you can find a link to our Discord channel where we can come have you can come have um uh some of these conversations that Devin just highlighted in our various channels on the Discord. It it really is a, a supportive community and we do like to um Encourage one another in this game and hobby that we all know and love. So with that said, uh, Devin, Azoka, Ian, what are your final thoughts?
1: That's
3: my motorcycle impression. That's my final thought. <laughs>
1: uh,
3: Azoka, what are your
1: final thoughts?
3: This is going to breathe a lot of, you know, hopefully a little bit of new life into the game that, uh, may, Bring to light some things that I've never seen.
1: Yeah,
4: cool. How about you, Ian? You have any? I think that you know, said earlier that this is a overall very positive FAQ, positive changes for the game. Uh, I think that it's gonna you know make a lot of stuff easier to use, which is never a bad thing. You know, the more accessible that certain models and profiles become, the more use they see, and think. I think that's healthier for the game overall i uh don't like when things get kind of dialed in across metas to seeing the same thing over and over and over again i uh this game has such a wealth of options in it that you know any opportunity to kind of take something off meta and make it successful and catch people, you know, off guard coming at them sideways with something they're not expecting is just, you know, the the height of what I love about this game. And making a lot of these models, you know, the clarifications on how they're used, more accessibility in their use on the table, I think that's just gonna be very positive for the game in widening the perceived options of the player base and opening up that that list design
1: space to more options cool. i think this is really cool yeah how about you Devin? any final thoughts
2: yeah i think largely that i'm i'm glad to see a new faq i'm glad to see that things are being cleared up that intentions are being a little bit more transparent from Corvus belly and that you know th- this is just a it's a good opportunity to see that the investment in the game that they have and you know i i love knowing that they're they're there trying to work on things and make infinity a smoother experience and to you know cut out things that are detractors or less fun and try and add elements that are more fun because ultimately that's what we're all doing here is we're here playing a game you know we of course you know talk about this from a competitive standpoint and we like to we like to improve we like to test our skill sets uh, and then improve some more and you know sharpen each other's skills as we go along but ultimately it should be an enjoyable experience and i think that that is kind of the goal of documents like this is to facilitate a more fun experience because if it's not fun then why is it something we want to compete with if we don't enjoy it yeah for sure
0: if i guess for me my final thoughts would relate to hey listen we all love Uh, Infinity, because it's a chunky game, it's got a lot going on to it, but I think we also recognize that N4 was roundly affirmed for its advancement of cleaning up the the rules that had accrued over a couple iterations of the game, especially N3, and that streamlining and that simplifying was done relatively elegantly and has made for a better game. And I think I see Corvus Belly trying to walk that line again of how do we keep it um, simplified? In these these kinds of interactions uh, that help create the best and most the gives gives the most agency to players to play the game. And that's a hard line to walk when immediately everyone has like all these corner cases that they want rulings on because then that's how the, you accrue more and more rules bloat. So I, I appreciate that. What I see here is they're signaling intent. Um, not unlike how we play the game with, um, our opponents. Like we're in, sh- we're showing how we want this game to operate and they're trying to keep it sim- simplified. And so I would just really encourage our broader community, um, whoever's listening, to whatever the weight you put on what I'm about to say, okay. I would just encourage you to rather than us immediately knee jerking and going back demanding more rulings from Corvus Belly on this latest FAQ, how about we just sit with this for a while and like own and play the game as they're signaling they want us? to play it in our community and, and see what,
1: where we can take that
0: for a while. So on that note, on
1: behalf of MetaChemistry, this has been Andrew. Azoka. Devin. And Ian. And that's the meta.